everybody. Welcome to Bamcast Extra, episode 65. Yeah. Nintendo. Nope. Oh. <laughs> that was that was last week and also played on. Huh. I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And we're back with another long, fantastic movie for the Bamcast Extra. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, we decided to watch 1979 Scavenger Hunt mm-hmm. because we went through like two other movies and things kept falling apart. Like one was we picked it and then it was well, like you, that. Yeah, you picked. Uh, we were gonna do White Lightning and I probably Gator to follow it. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, I just watched those like a year or so ago. So I said, fuck that. All right. And then we picked another one and it was like, hey, this is coming out on Blu-ray. <laughs> so we're third choice, Scavenger Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, full disclosure, Scavenger Hunt is a childhood favorite of mine. I've seen this movie a million times. Hmm. How many times have you seen it? Never heard of it before you recommended this. Oh. I asked a couple other people and they're like, I've never heard of that movie. Huh. So this was a big part of my childhood. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, was this like a, you taped it off like HBO or Cinemax? Or it was, was it? on, I think, I think it was on the movie channel all the time. Okay. Like it just played all the time. The movie channel. Hey, yeah. I don't think we even had that. We were, we were too poor to have HBO. The movie channel was like $2. No, I'm saying like, I don't <laughs> even remember that being a choice. I oh mean, yeah. Like HBO was channel two. Mm-hmm. Showtime was channel one, meaning you had to have a box. Yep. And Cinemax was 14 at the time. I remember these things. We I had, don't know why. We had to have a box to get it, but it was considerably cheaper than mm. HBO. Yeah. That's what I remember. I'm just saying the other ones you could tune in like with a cable, a quote unquote, cable ready television. Oh, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this is directed by Michael Schultz, who has uh, been on the Bamcast recently because he directed Disorderlies. Okay. Yeah. Which means he also directed The Last Dragon. Right, right. So okay. your favorite director is back. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, scavenger hunt. There are a million people in this movie. Yeah, it's a, one of those. It's it's one it, just everybody. Like my wife walked in the room yesterday when I was watching this and couldn't sit down because she was just like that person. No, wait, that person. And I was just like, you, you might want to sit down. This is going to go on forever. <laughs> but some of the cast includes Richard Benjamin, Scatman Crothers, uh, Cloris Leachman, Roddy McDowell, Tony Randall, mm-hmm. Dirk Benedict, Yep, Willie Ames. Mm-hmm. Uh, some surprises along the way. Well, I mean, there's some other like primary cast members like Richard Mulligan, uh huh, and whatnot. Yes, and whatnot. Cleavon Little, <laughs> Cleavon Little, yes. Yeah. And pretty much everybody in this is somebody that you can at least recognize sure. from something. Sure. But so yeah, it uh, the truth in advertising. It's it's about a scavenger hunt. It is, yeah. Vincent Price is a beloved gamesman guy. Yeah, named Milton Parker. Milton Parker, clever. I, I get it. <laughs> It's like not Milton Bradley and not Parker Brothers. Yep. But it's, it's those two. Both of them uh-huh. together. Yeah. yeah uh, he dies <laughs> playing some dumb frog jumping game with his nurse. Uh-huh. And everyone. Let's back up there. Like, Oh, all right. The way that's introduced, uh-huh. it sounds like sex noises. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It's a it's a ruse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's a swerve. I, I'm just saying, like, to me, this this intro to Vincent Price and the nurse and the game mm-hmm. is kind of indicative of the rest of the movie. So this is where you turned on it. So I'm just <laughs> saying, like, this is a PG movie, like an actual PG movie. It is. Not, uh, you know, a something with Tanya Roberts in it, PG movie. No. Um, like, this is a real PG movie, yeah. but I always generally... I, I have issues with movies that seem like they're... Not misdirected in in the in the sense of like the uh, direction of the by the director, mm-hmm. but like I, I would list this alongside like okay something like uh, 
um, John Badham's the the hard way, the James Woods, Michael J. Fox thing. Okay. Okay. So like, that's a rated R movie that's dumb as fuck, mm-hmm. and like totally like a kids movie. It's just they say fuck a lot. That's true. And and this is the this is a really dumb movie for kids that has shit like let's make it sound like they're having sex. You know what I mean? Well, it's, I I, th- I think especially in, in the late seventies or early eighties, you could have a PG movie that was basically. Anyone could go see it. It just didn't have nudity or F-bombs in it. Yeah, There's a lot of these. I mean, I've seen I, some very sure. adult-themed PG movies. No, no, I, I'm not like trying to be prudish. I'm saying, like, this movie in particular, like, I can see why you would like this as a child. Me never having heard of it or seen it, this movie is kind of awful in that it's that kind of universe where you have to accept that just everyone in this is a fucking idiot. Like, every single person has, like, no concept of how to operate as an adult. I, I did make a note that there's a lot of attempted murder in this movie. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just amongst like, various people just trying to murder each other. Just, just, like, little things. Like, I mean, it's kind of like why I think if you were to come to something like Three Stooges as an adult, you'd be like, well, this is this is moronic. Mm-hmm. But, it, see, at least, like, Three Stooges always had a, a, an audience cipher somewhere. Yeah. Like, there was some lady or some guy that was just like the fuck is wrong with these guys? Yes. You know, like having that attitude. But this one is like, there is no, there's no audience cipher in this whole movie. Like everyone is a fucking idiot that doesn't understand how life works, you know, and and is surprised by, and, and, and is going to take the stupidest way to do anything. It's very much a situational comedy where the situations make no logical sense. Sure. And and that's, that's what I'm getting at is like, it's like, this is very much kids mentality of, you know, the, the spy kids like, oh, everyone's an idiot. Kids and you know, maybe the kids are smarter than the adults. Right. You know, and then this is just like everyone's a fucking idiot. In this. Well, let me let me read you a okay. note of a conclusion I came to while watching this, which was just basically, look, I wasn't I wasn't that big into logic as a kid. So I, this is this is probably the first time I've watched this movie as an adult. Sure. OK. And I I can I can see it differently now because well, let, let, let's set up the actual premise, and then okay, I'll get into sure, some specific sure. examples. But so Vincent Price dies. All the family and some some outliers are called in to, for the reading of the will. And it's an audio tape with Vincent Price, who is just explaining that you're all going to play a game because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm the games guy. Right. So you're all going to get lists of things, and you're going to have to go out and get them, but you can't buy them. You have to go out and get them. And, and bring them back by 5 o'clock today, and then all the points will be t- tallied, and whoever wins gets $200 million. That's my estate. Yeah. So And and the estate itself, which I assume. Right. I don't know if that's included in the evaluation, but it doesn't matter. No. It's, it's, the, a, it's, it, a, it's a shitload of money in 1979 or whatever this was. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, a shitload, it's a shitload of money now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's even, you know, that's like saying it'd be a billion dollars now. Yeah. Or more. It, yes. So you've got uh, Cloris Leachman, who was Vincent Price's sister. Um, and her group, which is her lawyer, Richard Benjamin, Mm -hmm. and they have a daughter who is just instantly shoved aside. Mm -hmm. And then Richard Masur, who is just their idiot man child. Oh, you have a problem with Richard Masur? (laughs) No, not not him. I don't have a problem with the man. I'm saying this character, uh, any character like this. Oh my God. Like I... If there is a character archetype <laughs> in in anything that I hate more, mm-hmm. it's the not only idiot man child, mm-hmm. but like the idiot man child that's evil, like right. the, like the Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, like yeah. just fuck this guy, fuck that archetype, like mm-hmm. immediately, like I hate you so much. 
Understood. And and I mean, to be fair, the movie <clears throat> is intentionally doing that because, as I said, there's not really an audience cipher or it's weird. There's never really someone. It's very distinct. Like, oh, I'm rooting for you mm-hmm. and throughout this entire movie. It's just we immediately hate Cloris Leachman and company. You know, that, yes. that's that's the only thing that's made clear is like, I don't know who the good guys are, but I definitely know who the bad guys are. Right I, now. So I think for the audience of the time, the quote unquote good guys are supposed to be Dirk Benedict and Willie Ames, who are nephews. Sure. Uh, and they're Vanners. So yeah. happy Vanuary. Everybody. Yeah. And, and they, they, they sort of adopt the sister of, yeah. of the idiot man child. Yeah. They just scoop her right up. Well, they're like, you know, I, I get, I mean, Willie Ames kind of is like, is she hot? I don't know. I yeah. guess. Sure. Yeah. She can come with us. Yeah. And that's basically, kind of, I mean, it's, I, I don't even understand. Like I, I'm not even sure who ends up with her at the end of the movie. It's just kind of, they all just kind of are like, Hooray. Also, aren't they related? Maybe <laughs> it's really strange. I don't. I didn't understand her relation to Cloris Leachman. I didn't understand. Well, I'm just. I mean, l- let me let me break this down if I can with <laughs> sure. the family tree here. Yeah, go ahead. If Cloris Leachman is Vincent Price's sister and uh, the girl from Fame is mm-hmm. uh, the, the daughter <laughs> of Cloris Leachman, yes. and these other ones are nephews, then aren't they cousins? Yes, but maybe in laws. I don't quite know. I'm just saying, like, I, yeah. If, I, if I one person is a, if it is an aunt's daughter and your nephews, then you're that's cousins. why. That's why there are no romantic relationships in this movie. Okay, I, they just they all cheer at the end. But sure. So I thought they made out at the end. No. Okay. No. Well, I think there was some kissing there. Maybe some friendly kissing. Uh, sure. Yeah. Like you would kiss a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that and means that what you think. Was born. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Been on a scavenger hunt to find that phrase and. I got 50 points. <laughs> um, you've also and got some bad chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> you've got uh, Tony Randall uh-huh. and his brood of children. Right. I think the backstory is that he was married to a sister mm-hmm. and she is dead or divorced. She's gone. Sure. So it's just Tony Randall, who's an in-law and all these kids, which everyone was just like, eh. Um, they were also late because, you know, kids. Yes. Kids kid, ruin everything. Kids, they do. Like, re- will reading. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then you have the uh, the help. Uh-huh. Uh, which is Roddy McDowell, Cleavon Little, uh, James Coco, and a lady. <laughs> I don't, it's, uh, what's I don't her face? Um, the lady's name. Stephanie. Well, it's Babette, but yeah. it's a character, but it's, it's yeah. Stephanie Ferrazzi. Fer- oh, okay. I mean, she's been in lots of other things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I recognized her, but I was yeah. just like, ma'am, you're the one person in this movie. I don't know your actual name. Sure. Um. But yeah, they are they are just the help. They are invited along to to participate in the events. Uh, and then you have um, Richard Mulligan, uh-huh. who is an idiot cab driver. And he is there because at some point in the past, uh, Vincent Price's business partner hailed a cab. Richard Mulligan showed up to drive him somewhere, did not get him to whatever he was going to on time. He got fired. Vincent Price took over the company and made a bazillion dollars. Yeah. I would like to think that the unnamed business partner was named Bradley Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I believe I read in trivia somewhere that this is actually what happened to Howard Hughes. Okay. That an idiot picked up his business partner and they never made it to the meeting and then Howard Hughes became Howard Hughes. All right. So... Sure. Take that if uh, for whatever. Is that in the IMDb trivia? Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I read it somewhere. I was okay. doing my research. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just it's just all right. Y'all get in your get in your cars and and go steal stuff basically. And the the you can't buy anything rule is really dumb because there's zero supervision. 
So I'm not sure how that's even supposed to be enforced, but no one bothers to try to buy anything. It's just we have to go places and, and steal things. And everything, a lot of things have like a cute little rhyme attached to what the item is and you have to figure it out. And there, you know, there are easy things to get and there are hard things to get. And, you know, the harder things to get are worth more points, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie is just people going places, getting things, dropping them off. Stealing shit, basically. Y- yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is a weird thing. I mean, like, that's another <laughs> kind of the fuck yeah. kind of situation of this. I, I, I don't know. There's just... Well, there, there is that, a whole lot of stuff about this movie that rubs me the wrong way, and 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 I don't know if it's just my adult sensibility, my modern sensibility, or just plain mm-hmm. old uh, good common sensibility. <laughs> well, I think I think in particular, if you look at Dirk Benedict and company in this movie, they are constantly making deals with people that they go to get stuff from. They're mm-hmm. like, "I'll bring that. Can I borrow this? Can you know? Can I pay you for this in two days? I can't pay you for it now." Right. And they kind of explain situations, and they're just like, "I'll bring this back in a couple of days." Mm-hmm. So. They're not really stealing. There are a few things where they like go to a medical supply facility and come out with a tank of nitrous oxide where you're just like, I don't know, guy. Well, the, <laughs> I don't know no, what there, deal there, you made There was to get a handshake that. thing there because yeah. like they they also acquired the false teeth right. and something else there. They, they got the false teeth and the and the tank. I think I thought there was something else too because no, like, there was like a handshake with an orderly or something yeah because he throws that in and then out of his pocket he's like and the false teeth yeah okay because uh richard benjamin somehow knows to steal false teeth from an indian man i'm not even sure how he knew to do there's a lot of how do you know to be there to get the thing sure in this movie um yeah and and, and in true like cannonball run style you know it's like most of these scenes are just vignettes Mm -hmm. like it's Oh, we're here now. Thing happened. Yeah. Wah, wah, and move yeah. on. You know, like the entire cast is together at the very beginning and the very end. And then the middle of the movie is just everyone off on their own. Mm-hmm. Ba- barely does anyone interact with anyone else. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's comical items that people have to get. And they including a human at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. OK, uh... so this movie has a problem with um, other people. <laughs> I'll say uh, so like there's a there's a Japanese gardener who works at the house who is just the worst stereotype um, who's going to commit suicide at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I mean, if, if I mean, mm-hmm. is as terrible as the stereotypical nature of it is. Yeah, I found it out of all of the <laughs> super broad humor in this movie. I will say that the fact that that was just in the background. Yeah. And you. Kind, oh, yeah. And and. <laughs> And to be fair, like in 1979, you had to be kind of hip yeah, to Japanese culture. Like it wasn't as like, yeah, the, oh, he's back there doing harikari. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's just like, you know what I'm saying? It's like. Yeah, because he folds, he throws out the, the rug and has like the ceremonial knife and everything. And you're like, oh, God, what is yeah, this, what I'm is saying, this PG like, movie doing? And now, nowadays, it's like, oh, that's obviously yeah. what he's doing. And that's a stereotype. And we know this. But yeah. like in 79, that wasn't quite as well known. And it's not like front and center. It's just like he's back in the background like what's happening here yeah i'm saying like it, it still a bad joke in in terms of like well obviously if you're just you know it, it's it's strange because in I, i've seen this before in the 70s where they will treat japanese characters as one mental state away from reverting back to world war ii okay and it's like well, I, why <laughs> I, I i don't know but yeah, that's yeah. bad um the the they steal those teeth from the Native American who then uses Native American skills to hunt them down over the course of the movie, which is, and there's like 
you know, Indian music playing whenever he's on camera. Right. It's it's that's bad. Yeah. But yeah, the, the worst part of it is is that the one thing on the list that everyone has to get is whoever has the fattest person gets fifty points. So they're all out trying to get fat people. And of course, what do fat people like to do in seventies movies? Um, be fat. Yes, and and eat and eat. <laughs> so no. Larger people are props. In- so wait, so the wait, the actual thing they were supposed to get was a fat person. Yeah. So they just told that one guy that they were actually after a. They didn't want to tell him that he was a fat guy. Well, I'm saying they were like, oh, black sneakers and stripy yeah. pants. That's what we're after. Yeah. They were trying to be nice to him oh. because they're the good guys. Oh, the okay. Yeah. See, I I totally missed that because I was like, because then there was the other larger lady. Yeah. And I was like, well, she's not wearing the right thing. <laughs> I I totally yeah. missed the point that it was wasn't actually the clothes they were after. Correct. Okay. They were just trying to be nice to that guy and not call him fat All while right. they fed him a million different items. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that Stuart Pankin, who's in a bazillion things, is in this. Uh, yeah. So, you know, everything's a vignette. I mean, mm-hmm. but so here, okay, as an adult watching this, here's my problem with it. So the 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 crew, the the help, who are all, they're all driving around in Cleavon Little's limo to go get things. Like the first thing they decide is a toilet. Because they're like, oh, a crapper. We got to go get one of those. They, There's probably one in Vincent Price's house they could get. There's probably half of this shit is in Vincent Price's house. That they, it's not a rule that you can't go into Vincent Price's house to get this. But they're driving around like, oh, God, where are we going to get a toilet? And then they just go to the fanciest place in town. Roddy McDowell kind of hints at, like, we're going to stick it to these guys. Like, there was some rivalry or something, but that's never explained. Mm-mm. So it's just 20 minutes of them trying to undo this toilet, which is flooding the the bathroom. And, you know, the, the hotel people are all just like, oh, what are you doing? The situations that everyone gets into in this movie, I would say particularly the help, but a lot of people are just like, you're not human beings in this situation. And that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is It's like nothing you're doing makes any sense. And I think it's the worst part of it is when they decide to rob the convenience store, although they're not robbing it. They just have to get a cash register. So, but they go in and they, I, I, I just, I've never human beings. I mm-hmm. just, they, they decide to put paper bags on their heads and James Coco forgot to cut out eye holes in his and he just stumbles around like a goddamn idiot, just destroying the place, bull yeah. in a china shop. Yes. Yeah, so, well, screaming also, I don't have holes. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, yeah. Okay. And just fucks it all up. And you're just like, come on, guys. This is not. Ha- I mean, I get it. This is a farce and it's broad and it's supposed to be just big, funny situations. And how do the funny people in the situation react to it? But it's just like none of these things make any sense. No. Just everything they get into just doesn't make sense. It's like the first thing Richard Benjamin and and crew go do is they go to a carnival to get a stuffed bear. Mm -hmm. The rule said you had to go to this like specific place to get it, but it could be literally any bear. And like this, he fucks it up for a long time. And then like a kid walks up and gets it immediately. And you think Richard Benjamin is going off to give that kid money to take the bear from him or whatever. And doesn't. Mm-mm. It's just like, you can get that thing anywhere. What are you guys doing? So yeah, there's yeah. just, there's no oversight over any of this. So some of the, the rules that people are sticking to are stupid. Mm-hmm. And then they just keep getting into situations where it's just, what are you guys even doing? So, yep. I mean, at, as a kid, I was just delighted by it because it was just silly people falling down and, and loud noises. But <laughs> I mean, uh, you look at it today and you're just like, mm, I don't know. It's some of these, some of these, I mean, there are, there are good jokes in this. I think there are good laughs along the way, but there are just almost every situation people get into. You're just like, you could easily get out of that. Uh, there is probably 20 minutes of Richard Mulligan trying to get a, 
uh, grill off of Rolls Royce that is some of the most painful comedy I think I've seen in quite a while. Where it's just, you, you understand the joke, you understand the hapless character, and he's an idiot and everything, but it's just like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I know. Yeah. So I feel for you having watched this for the first time and not having that childlike nostalgia to, to look back on. But yeah, there are there are extended scenes in this where I'm just like, man, this is this hurts. This is not good. Uh, yeah. So. And I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is actually interesting. You know, t- you tell me this is the same director as Disorderly's and The Last Dragon because mm-hmm. I I feel like this is an interesting thing where I've never seen this as a child. Right. I've only seen this now and I don't like it. I've re- was, uh, recently re-witnessed Disorderly's mm-hmm. and it holds up better than I thought it would have, but still has its own issues. And then I have rewatched The Last Dragon, which I think is like fucking great. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's just interesting to like have something I've never seen, something that's like, oh, it's probably about the same, maybe not as good as I thought it was at one point in time as a kid, but mm-hmm. not as bad as like, it, I honestly thought Tesoro release was going to play far worse than it ended up doing. I can see how you would think that. Yeah, and then, <laughs> like I said, recently re- revisiting The Last Dragon, I'm like, oh no, I'm, I was fucking on point with this one. Yeah. I think, I think the difference in these movies is that, so I haven't seen The Last Dragon, mm-hmm. but that movie strikes me as being very story specific, mm-hmm. v- very heavily scripted. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This movie comes across as let's get a f- bunch of funny people into scenes and let them do their business. Mm-hmm. So it's basically your tolerance for a broad situation and then how do the funny people in the scene react to it? And if your your overall concern with the scene is the scene doesn't make sense it affects the fact that people in the scene are being funny. Right. So I think there are, there are funny performances in this, but then you look at the situation that they're in while giving that performance, and you're like, that's dumb. So it impacts the comedy a little bit. Well, also, I mean, to be fair, in, in 78, 79, whenever the hell they were shooting this, mm-hmm. um, unlike now where, A, if you're even still doing film from the last 10, 15 years, it's a whole lot cheaper, you know, and, and you just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. Or, you know, you're on digital and it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I can't help but compare it to something like Anchorman, where it's like there's an entire other movie's worth of unused footage of people just being wacky on set and, right. and improving. Whereas this, it was probably very much like, all right, you have 20 minutes. Do as many takes as you can. We'll try to find the best one. But it just feels like they went with what they have because, had because that's what they had. And yeah, this but- is like... This movie could be saved, I think, with an editor. I think that, well, you know, I think this movie could be better with with a better editor, really, because I mean, I felt like it is too long. Well, it's too long, and I also felt like, as you said, it's like certain bits. Somebody was like, "This is great," and everyone else that's watching is kind of like, "Is it?" Because yeah, maybe like a minute of it would have been fine, but not five. Well, here's what's weird to me is that so there's there's twenty minutes of that Richard Mulligan bullshit of him trying to get run over by a car. There's another 20 minutes of him where he dresses up like a mummy and scares everyone out of a museum because he's made a partner in Scatman Crothers to have him steal a suit of armor mm-hmm. out of this museum, but they had to create a distraction. So there's 20 minutes of that, which is bullshit, yeah. uh, until some kids decide, hey, mummies don't wear hats, <laughs> and then they fucking murder the mummy, <laughs> mm-hmm. as kids do. Kids turn hard. Yeah, um, they do. But then towards the end... 
uh, Richard Mulligan has gone and found his own fat person who is Stephen first. Um, and they seem to have like this in joke between them. Like we have missed 20 minutes of however he found that guy. And it, Stephen first is, is credited in this movie in the opening credits, but he's only in it for like, I don't know, two minutes. So it seems like someone came along and cut whatever that was out entirely. Right. But I have a feeling that might have been better than the other two 20 minute segments of probably, Richard Mulligan. Probably. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think Richard Mulligan, I've li- I've liked I've liked Richard Mulligan over the years in things. And I, you look at his timing in this, and I think a lot of the reactions that he has to things are good. It's just that the character is so unbelievably stupid. You're like, how does this person function in yeah. America? <laughs> well, how does he drive a car? Yeah, like, a I, cab. Like, I, I mean, it's a business. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think about, I, I, again, I think it's like a little bit of future times, you know, juxtaposition with older times. Like, right. I think about like trying to operate a car now when you're not smart and it's like, fuck that you're dead in a, in a day. Cause yeah. like, I mean, I guess that's not true. Cause a whole lot of not smart people drive. I'm saying like people drive ridiculously aggressively now mm-hmm. and maybe they did in the seventies too, but it, cars were also big and made of metal. And you know, who's to say he hasn't wrecked yeah. eight, eight cars or whatever. But I just think about now and like, yeah, you couldn't be as stupid as he comes across in this movie and operate a car for your living. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so I mean, there's other cameos along the way, like uh, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up. He does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tony Randall needs a medicine ball and he goes into a gym, which mm-hmm. is just a shitty office on the second floor of this building mm-hmm. and is just like, I need. And then Arnold comes out and is just like, oh, girly man. OK, we're going to make you into a cool guy. <laughs> just seven days. We can make you a man. <laughs> throws him on a 70s treadmill to which I thought Tony Randall was going to die. <laughs> he is running 100 miles an hour and just like, I can't stop. I can't. <laughs> and Arnold's just like, yeah, you're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny looking at Arnold early on in this and you can still see like, man, that guy's going to be somebody. He's got a certain something mm-hmm. going on there. Uh, Meatloaf shows up. That's right, he does. <laughs> a giant meatloaf. I mean, meatloaf was large. <laughs> was was he dubbed? His voice his his voice was lowered. They Is they made him sound okay. more sinister than he was. Because I'm gonna say, like, I've never heard Meatloaf with that deep of a yeah, voice. Yeah, they they lowered his voice. Okay. Um he's only in it for maybe a minute. Sure. And he's basically leaning up against a pool table. Like he does nothing in this movie <laughs> except turn around and reveal that he's in this. Um but yeah, he, he like a, like a fat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at least that guy wasn't pegged as you know the the, the eater. You know, he, true, he got yeah. to he got to run a motorcycle gang. So yes, Mister Scum. Yes, Mister Scum. <laughs> that reminds me. So I've always been a fan of Richard Benjamin. I think Richard Benjamin is great in pretty much anything, despite how completely terrible it might be. Everyone in this movie pretty much commits to whatever dumb shenanigans they have to do. But Mm -hmm. Richard Benjamin in particular is so gung ho about everything that he is doing. There is some ridiculous stupidity with them trying to get a safe out of his office and down some stairs. Yeah, I I agree. I just I had a harder time because I also had to deal with Georgie. (laughs) Yes. And whatever scene he was doing. (laughs) So I would agree like he was funny. And then like my rage meter would just go off the charts whenever. Yeah, those two immediately were just like murder each other in every scene they're in. But God, there's this bit where (laughs) 
he's tied up to this safe trying to get it down the stairs. And Georgie, of course, just kind of pushes it. And, and he goes, he gets yoinked down the stairs. And, and there's this bit with his elevator that hasn't been working. The ele- elevator finally starts working again right before they get it to the, la- the last floor of this building. The, el- the, the safe goes into the elevator, yoinks Richard Benjamin into it. And he's just like, ah. And then the elevator starts closing and he just goes, Oh no! <laughs> it was just—it was just the, the best take of this like realization of like ah hell, and then the elevator goes all the way up to the top floor and then breaks again. So they have to get this thing back down, mm-hmm. which and they just end up throwing it out of a window or pushing it out of a window. Mm-hmm. It breaks their car and they're just like sweet. It doesn't—it doesn't seem to break. It—it it actually breaks their car yeah. in the movie. It does not break their car. No, the no, car breaks fine. the safe fall. Yes. <laughs> And they're just like, well, sweet, it's already in the car. Let's go. Yeah, and it's like, like, you just destroyed. Yeah, your car's not going anywhere. Oh, <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, there's a brief bit with Ruth Gordon that is a bad scene. Uh, she is just an old lady who has a lot of guns. See, that was actually my favorite. <laughs> really? Yeah. I th- that seems so cut down. That seemed like it was barely a scene. I know. I'm just saying of all the dumb, like, <laughs> there's no point to this. It's just the idea of, of Maude having all of the guns yeah. in the world. And I don't, I don't know, just like the little things like they, they go to pull out a bulletproof vest. That's yeah. what they're there for. Right. And again, it's like it's like Dirk Benedict knows her some for some strange reason. Because she saved him from a mugging. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. OK, that's right. Yeah. Cause he's like, <laughs> he started crying or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but and no, like, like they, Willie Ames is like, ha ha ha. Yeah. But they pull out this bulletproof vest and a grenade falls on the floor and they're like, grenade run. And she's like, yeah, that's just a paperweight. The real ones I keep in the pantry next to whatever. <laughs> next to the howitzer. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes. Howitzer, always the funniest of. It's funniest, a good. Yes. Yeah, it's the funniest punchline weapon. Next to the howitzer is yeah. a good joke. Yeah. I'm just saying like her dumb like <laughs> idea of her being Ruth Gordon militia lady was just funny to me. Yeah, well, you know, 70s always had kindly old ladies who were <laughs> armed to the teeth. <laughs> well, she just reminded me of the old lady in the Every Which Way But Loose, mm-hmm. or Can. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one's first. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. Whichever one's first. Goddamn. Every Which uh, Way yeah, But Loose. Ate all my goddamn Oreos. <laughs> yeah. That lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's really, there aren't standout scenes to point out or anything. No, like, it's not just, really. They get to, you know, it comes down to Richard Benjamin and crew start stealing from all the other people, mm-hmm. uh, which once they get it into their points pen, it doesn't matter. So everyone just decides to to gang up and put all their shit together. And, yep. and, the, and the quote unquote good guys win. Yeah, which I do appreciate the weird Shyamalan like reveal of the fact that they had thrown the the knocked out Scatman Crothers wearing a suit of armor in their trunk and then in the last like 15 seconds he emerges out of it mm-hmm. and they just have to coerce him to fall into the other bin to to get the points that that to me was like well what's funny is I, I was kind of going like what happened to Scatman Crothers yeah yeah because yeah, it did seem like they just abandoned him but that that's again you never saw Richard Mulligan again after that right so you thought he was still just dangling in the mm-hmm. <laughs> from his <laughs> from when the kids tried to murder him yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. The The closing credit song is sung by Scatman Brothers. All right. That's something. Mm-hmm. And he's skeedly bopping. And <laughs> that's, I don't know. That's a thing. To that I say fooey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, there's a guy who's in charge of these ostriches who oh, e- Jesus everyone God. has to steal ostriches. And, man, this guy, Avery Schreiber, who's, he's just like, in in the eighties was on every like celebrity panel game show. He just he's that guy. I swear to God, he's just 
he is milking every second of screen time he has to do something. And it's just like, dude, stop, please stop. <laughs> please stop doing everything you're doing. Um, but yeah, so the thing is, like, they all have to steal ostriches, and they all pretty much do. Ostriches will fuck you up. Ostriches are terror birds. I mean, they will they will murder you. And I'm surprised how much the actual cast of this movie is interacting with ostriches. So there's an extra on the Blu-ray, Blu-ray with Richard Masur who's talking about, because at one point he's just behind an ostrich, like steering it into the the pen or whatever. And he's talking about how he used to work in a zoo. And he's like, the only way I would do that scene is if, is if I was behind it because ostriches can't kick backwards. If they kick forwards, they will gut you in an instant and you will be dead. And I'm I'm thinking back to all the interactions like this cast had with these goddamn ostriches. And I'm like, how did no one die? <laughs> what drugs were these birds, these murder birds on? <laughs> ostriches will fuck you up. Okay. So so I'd point that out. All right. The more you know. Yeah. It's a pro tip for you. <laughs> what about emus? Will they fuck you up too? Emus, they will probably also fuck you up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any bird that is bigger any than... Bird? Any bird that's bigger than what you can keep in a birdcage in your house will fuck you up. Well, I mean, that depends on the size of the birdcage. I mean, I could keep an ostrich Standard in... pet store book cage. Birdcage? Okay. Yeah. All right, fine. So. Good to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pro tip from <laughs> bird expert Chuck here. Yeah. You need a mess, uh, expert in bird law, Chuck Sherman. I am. So, yeah, uh, scavenger hunt's over. We should just rate yeah. it. Yeah, okay, so... I, I, Unless I, you have I, final thoughts. No, 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 <laughs> I, I just want to throw in some final jokes okay. that, that, I, that I shared to you already via text. Uh, yes, um, oh, yes, please. <laughs> because I didn't realize you'd already seen this movie, so I was watching it yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, I it was probably a little more than halfway through, and I was kind of getting fed up with the... When I looked at the runtime, I was like, God damn it. And so I said, <laughs> if we were coming up with dumb titles like we do for Bamfcast Prime, which uh-huh. we do not... Uh, I said I would I would lobby to have this one called Ready Player Dumb. Yep. Yep. Which, uh, it, it, you know, maybe that'll be... If you haven't read the book, it'll be more relevant when you see the movie. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's the same plot. Um, and, uh, and then you said something like, oh, careful, it's a childhood favorite of mine. I said, oh, it's a bad, 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 bad movie. Mm-hmm. You did, yeah. It's also very similar to that. And just... Not plot-wise, but just, you know, gather a whole bunch of people together and mm-hmm. have them do wacky hijinks. Oh, and and then when I you know when I said this qualifies for January, you threw oh. out one more. Oh, I said yes. Uh, they were just they were wandering aimlessly. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, yeah. Dirk Benedict and Willie Ames in a van. Yeah, vanning it up. <laughs> which of course the nitrous oxide explodes or opens up at one point, to which they have to laugh maniacally. <laughs> yeah, they did do that bit. Yeah. It's a good time in the 70s, laughing at nitrous oxide. I would like to make a list. I, I wonder if, some, if there's an IMDb keyword for leaking nitrous, you know, like... I guarantee you. Because, I mean, I, you know, Tom, this and Tommy Boy, obviously, you know, sure. right off the bat. Yeah. Or was it Black Tom- Sheep? Tommy Boy. Which one had the... Shit. Mm. Shit. No, it was Black Sheep. Yeah, it was, it was Black, Black Sheep. Because, yeah. yeah, that's the Roads thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Man, um, I've forgotten everything about Black Sheep. Well, except for <laughs> that one scene, which is fucking brilliant, the... Do you have any idea how fast you're going? I don't know. 55, 54, 17. And generally people pull over to the side of the road instead of the middle of it. The reveal of that yeah. is fucking genius. So the rest of that movie is pretty shit. But mm, yeah. They had one good scene. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any other final thoughts. Okay. I, I, it ties into ratings, but I'll, I guess I'll just go ahead and start and say what I'm going to say and then rate it. Sure. Um, 
if you're like me, I mean, if you just want to see all of these, you know, the cavalcade of 70 stars that is in this movie, I suppose I would say watch this. I mean, but as a rational, non, you know, child adult. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you're one of those adults. Yeah, I'm a rational, non-child adult. Um, <laughs> this is awfully hard to, to watch because, I mean, it's just, it's not... I feel like Three Stooges still has funny shit in it. Like, mm-hmm. even as an adult, you're like, well, they're fucking idiots, obviously. And maybe it's because they're so far back in time, mm-hmm. you know, that it seems vaudevillian. You know, whereas, like, this is like, fuck, I was alive when this movie came out. Like, people didn't act like this. You know, like, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, there's there's that kind of thing going on. It's like, people weren't this fucking stupid then, were they? Like, I, you know, people that... People that were the adult age in this movie were raising me, so I, I, I have to believe that people weren't as fucking idiotic and stupid and childlike as they are in this movie. Fair so enough. it makes it it makes it hard to watch because I can't even separate and say like, ah, that was just a long time ago, you know, and that people weren't as bright. This is times that I was alive, and I never have met anyone as stupid as pretty much anyone in this movie. Okay, um, so it just makes it a, it makes it a hard recommend. Um, I'm not saying I totally hated it though, so I'm just going a single bag in the okay. look. I mean, if I don't want to like necessarily steer people completely away from watching it, because like I said, you know, you may get some amusement out of watching these people that you've seen on TV or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, various shows and things throughout the years doing this stuff, and yeah, and uh, you know. It just doesn't, don't expect it to utilize anyone particularly well. Because, I mean, let's face it, Dirk Benedict, back in the day, he was a handsome man. He, he was, was, yeah. He was, he, was a, he was a handsome, good, leading man. He was a dreamy guy. And, and I mean, I guess I guess Willie Ames was too, even though he, he didn't have his quite his uh, mane of hair that he was known for. No, like, he's working on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you know. He's still they, coming in. But <laughs> he had it on fucking eight is enough. I mean, yeah. like, I'm just saying, like, they styled his hair back where he wasn't just white, like, you're a fucking lion, Willie Ames. Um, but I'm saying, like, if you, you know, those two guys riding around in a van, just paint them better as, like, just give me a clear hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I didn't even really pick up that, like, they were wheeling and dealing with friends yeah. instead of just outwardly stealing things. I guess that was the movie's way of tipping and saying, like, these are your good guys 100%. Yeah. It still seemed like we're kind of being shady and shitty and, you know, tricking fat men into our van <laughs> by giving them pizza and whatnot. Um, well, they had a van full of Jack in the Box because... That's, that's true. They, <laughs> they they'd stole, stole a, the Jack in the They box stole head. the head from the Jack in the Box uh, drive through and then everyone in line applauded them like they had done them a favor. And it's like, you're not going to get your food now. <laughs> None of you. Because <laughs> well, they steal the big head speaker thing and everyone in the drive through is like, hooray! And they, they bow and they're like, you're welcome. And it's like, no, I, I like that they still stopped and bought the food though. Yes, they did continue to go through like, the cause, line because <laughs> they were they were stalling by continuing ordering more food. Yeah. while they were stealing the speaker head thing, but... and then they went through and they paid for their food. <laughs> right, they're good guys, <laughs> I suppose. Don't, I, I, don't be, bring that head back. To be fair, I think by, by I think by seventy nine the 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 head was just a head. It wasn't the speaker anymore because people stole them so often. Ah. I see. Because, I mean, when if they first started, you spoke into the clown's mouth and ordered your food. Right. But honestly, in the 70s, I think people were stealing the shit out of those clown heads, so they just, it was just a thing stuck on the speaker. Okay. I could be wrong. And we've established that in order to have fun in the 70s, you must be an asshole and hurt other people in some way. Yes. So, stealing clown heads. Yeah. Hey, stop stealing clown heads. <laughs> yes. Words to live by. <laughs> Um, okay, so, yeah, this movie, childhood favorite, I love it, but watching it as an adult, I'm like, man, there are some real bad stretches of movie here where it's like, 
as a kid, I was probably laughing my ass off. And here I'm like, man, make the scene end. So I'm going to give it one jocks because I can't break that childhood nostalgia part of it. There were a lot of parts of it that kept making me smile. Like, and there were certain parts where like the music would kick in and I'd be like, all right, I remember this sequence and how they take this classical music and disco it up at the end. And, throw words in it somehow and you know tie it into the movie it's it was all like all the classical music for was from the nutcracker suite wasn't yeah, it like I think for so, some yeah. strange reason yeah because yeah it was like the uh not the, uh, it was like the fucking sword song or whatever uh-huh. starts turning disco-y or whatever yeah. I, sabers yes uh, not swords but yeah like whatever the hell that's called like mm-hmm. when that started turning disco i was like the fuck is happening here <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean it's got a bunch of people in it who I think are fun. I really like Richard Benjamin. Arnold's fun in this for his 45 seconds. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's worth a look. I just think that if you've never seen this before, you're going to go into it and just be like, what is wrong with all of these people? Yeah. Like all of them. Please tell me they all collide at the end and there's a nuclear explosion. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's just if I if I had no nostalgia for it, I would be a lot tougher on it. But there's still something here where I could probably still just throw this on and watch it or have it on for noise or anything like that. So sorry, I can't break the, mm-hmm. I can't break the nostalgia. That's fine. Like I said, I mean, I, I think you probably thought I was going to rate it a lot lower because yeah. I mean, I did not enjoy this, but I, 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 it's like, I didn't enjoy it on a completely personal level. I'm saying like, I don't think it's that bad to watch. I, yeah. you know, I can, I get it. I generally can kind of separate my, personal opinions with the quality of the movie and I'm saying I just wouldn't recommend it because it's a tough sell in a in a modern world where it's like nobody has any fucking sense in this movie. Yeah. The the weirdest thing about this movie is that it was on home video for a while. It was on VHS and then nothing. Like it had gotten pulled. It was nowhere. So there was like this 20 30 year gap where no one saw it. So there are a bunch of people like me who had this cable nostalgia for it and mm-hmm. then no one ever saw it again. So there's probably 16 of us who really, really love this movie. And then everyone else is like, what the fuck is that? So, but it's on Blu-ray now, so you can watch it. There you go. Um, I will say the audio on this is bad. Like, especially in the first like reel of the movie, the audio is real bad. Hmm. I listen to most of these things with headphones on and it just sounded like a record. Um, but hmm. that doesn't affect anything. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, we appreciate your donations to Patreon to make this show happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw a dollar at us, and we will give you 10 points <laughs> towards the sketch. No, uh, <laughs> we will give you one of these podcasts every week, a month before anyone else gets it. Yep. So all the plebes out there who have to wait a month, think how better you are getting this show a month in advance. It's relevant. It's hip. It's sexy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Now, see, people are going to start canceling your Patreon just to stick it to the man, like in the 70s, yeah. you know, stealing clown heads and podcasts and stuff. Yeah, don't do that. No, subscribing to Patreons earns you points towards the <laughs> the end scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's very good. However, if you're listening to this later for free on the regular Banffcast RSS feed, you could get points if you throw a dollar at us. You Trust me, there is a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. It's happening. It's real. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is the worst con job <laughs> you will get points towards a mysterious scavenger hunt throw a dollar at us yeah but, it's uh, our it's our patreon podcast ponzi scheme <laughs> totally yeah. it's exactly what it is 
<laughs> we just need you to tell two friends, yep. and they also join Patreon, and then you get extra. You get fifteen extra space points. Yes, and uh, your scavenging points will go way up. Yeah, just you want to see the numbers go up. That's how everything works, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for for listening. However, you're listening, and we'll be back next week with another hopefully better. Uh, Bamcast Extra movie, but until then, I'm Chuck. And I'm Carlo. And this is Bamcast Extra. Out.